The Best of Times Radio Hour, live on 1017 FM and 710 Keel, a show dedicated to seniors and boomers in Northwest Louisiana. Here's your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. I do thank you for tuning in to our show today and also thanking those who might be listening live via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we'll learn about fire safety and fire prevention tips. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information. It is Saturday, November the 25th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in wonderful Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. I hope everybody had a wonderful time with family and friends on Thanksgiving holiday. The Caligas's did, with all of our families going to Dallas area to celebrate at my daughter's and son-in-law's home. We had a great time. Six grandkids enjoyed playing together. Of course, we all ate too much, but it was so, so good. I hope yours was equally good as well. Be sure to pick up the November in December issue of the Best of Times, remember now we publish it bi-monthly, not monthly. There are a few issues available at our 270 distribution locations, our printed copies, but I cannot tell you which distributions have them or not. But remember, you can always go online or visit our app to, to view uh, I, the Best of Times issue from our website. And again, it's bestoftimesnews.com, or the app is on Apple or Android devices. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate care from you. Remember, you can visit our website to view the current or past issues, the past issues going back four years. In addition, you can download and view the 2023 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. And in addition, uh, you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Speaking of Silver Pages, we are working on our 21st edition of Silver Pages, which will be our 2024 issue uh, of the Silver Pages, which will come out in March 1st of 2024. Each and every month, the Best of Times sends out a newsletter via eBlast. That is because we are now on a bi-monthly format. It provides you with links to our current issue as well as uh, our silver pages, our resource director. But in addition, we have many, many educational articles, discount coupons, and there's always a contest, and there's always news that you can use. Join the many thousands who are receiving our free TBT newsletter via their email address. You can go to this secure website at, at WTTP colon backslash backslash teeny T-I-N-Y dot C-C backslash TBT newsletter. There is no charge to receive this newsletter, and it comes out once a month. Uh, to your email address. Want a congratulations to our winner of a $100 gift certificate to Ernest Arlene's, who is a regular subscriber of our TB2 newsletter and also is a regular reader of the Best of Times printed magazine. And that is Miss 
Rhoda Stevens. So congratulations, Ms. Stevens, for winning the $100 gift certificate to Ernest Orleans. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. The Best of Times Radio Hour will be right back on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I gotta get something out of my back. Hold on. Now back to the Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM at 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest. It's Mr. Jeffrey Witte, who is the fire prevention officer with the fabulous Shreveport Fire Department. So I've asked Jeffrey to come on our show to educate all of us about fire safety and fire prevention tips, especially during the upcoming holiday season. So thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. My pleasure, Gary. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit. We like to always know fire statistics in our area and nationally. Hopefully we're not exceeding. We haven't had more fires and had more catastrophes in our area in the past year. Well, as you uh, may be aware, in October, we finished Fire Prevention Month. So we just transitioned away from uh, the month of recognition of um, fire safety. Um, The theme for that month was cooking safety. Okay. So we talk about statistics nationally. We look at kitchen fires being one of the leading causes. And that's the same is true right here in Shreveport. So we're kind of on trend, unfortunately, with, with that aspect of Has it. Has there been an increase of the past few years, few years in cooking unfortunately, fires? Unfortunately, we haven't seen a decrease. Oh, you know, So it's, it's been pretty, pretty steady. Um, so the, the educational aspect to that is trying to get people to understand that unattended cooking specifically is a leading cause in the kitchen. So to pay attention to what you're doing inside the and kitchen. And I hate to say this, being a senior at 73, Sometimes us seniors and boomers forget what's going on on the stove and we're watching television. We're multitasking, and we should be concentrating on the, the situation at hand. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, we all have cell phones, you know, even seniors, and so we get distracted. It's a lot easier to be distracted with that device right there on your person at all times. And I'm sure that you, you probably have the stats for it. Uh, I used to be a home health care administrator, and we found that a lot of our patients who had Alzheimer's and dementia, there was a tendency in some of those homes, even though they might have had a loved one there, they had more fires. And a lot of them did have some fires because they forgot to turn off the, uh, the, the stove. They forgot to turn off the burner on their gas, and things happened. And you know, some, some luckily had a caregiver that could stop it real quickly. Most of them panicked. And I mean, I'm sure that situation, people with dementia, et cetera, have a more likelihood of possibility, especially if they're cooking themselves, right? There is definitely an increased possibility in that. So if you do not have a home health care provider, you don't have the capability of getting one for your loved ones that have those mental uh, deficiencies, um, it's, it's a good practice to at least set a reminder on your phone 
or set an egg timer, the old-fashioned egg timer. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Um, so, you know, set something that is an audible alert to let you know, to remind you we need to come back in and, and recheck on what we're cooking. If you do have to step away from the kitchen, just make sure that uh, you either turn the burner down to the lowest setting or completely off. You know, it's better to lose a little time cooking than lose your entire house to a fire. So let's talk a little bit about fire injury risks for seniors. So what, what can we talk about that? So when you look at the studies, the studies show that people that are 65 years of age or older are twice as likely to be injured or die in a fire. If you're 75 years of age or older, you're three times as likely. Wow. And when you're 85 and older, you're four times as likely. So the risk only increases with age. Do we know why? Well, um, there's, there's definitely a direct correlation between, like you said, there's the mental faculties sometimes will slow down. Um, there's the physical factors, too. The reaction times are a lot slower uh, during the aging process. So someone's reaction to mitigating a fire within their home might slow down. And escape is another, another concern. You know, they might not be as mobile as they used to be to where you know, a senior can escape quicker than maybe perhaps a younger person. Well, I can recall when my mother was in her, in her 80s and still living at home that I, I don't know if hopefully you're going to recommend this, you, you tell them the exit ways. You know, Mom, if anything happens, don't try to be the hero and put out the fire. If it gets beyond belief, I mean, she had a fire extinguisher. She never used it ever. And I, I would come years, Jeffrey, and change it out because it was probably defaulted. But she never used it. I, I should have really showed her how to use it. I probably, uh, I don't think, I don't recall telling her how to use it, but she never used it. And she did have a fire one time. And luckily, uh, it, it, it didn't engulf the house. It just did some damage here. It burned out, and it didn't made a lot of smoke. But luckily, it was on the it was on the stove, and uh, nobody was home with her. And and luckily, it went out by itself. That she was fortunate, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, my rule of thumb on fire extinguishers is if you're not confident or comfortable in using one, it's best just to save yourself and save those around you and get out of the house. So when in doubt, get out. If you have to make that decision to fight it or not. And and tell our listeners, I, I mean, I'm an expert on this, but I, I want you to be the expert. It, it's the smoke that gets the people, not the fire, really. It, it, it knocks you out, the carbon monoxide knocks you out, right? That's correct. That's correct. The smoke's the most dangerous part. Um, we have seen fire victims right here locally in Shreveport and around this whole region that there's not a burn on their body. It's the smoke inhalation that they ultimately succumb to. So we've pulled out victims from, from a structure fire that they look just like you and me sitting here today. Uh, but it's the smoke that ultimately, you know, causes the, the death and the injury. So I hate, I take it, let's talk about smoke alarms. That's one critical thing that everybody should have in their homes in multiple locations, right? That's correct. Uh, if you have a two-story home, you should have at least one working smoke alarm on each level. Uh, you know, single-story uh, family, you know, dwellings, have one at least outside of where you sleep. Okay. Uh, when, we, when we install smoke alarms, we typically put them inside the hallways, you know, right outside the bedrooms. But you could, you know, as a backup, you could also have one inside the bedroom as well. And there's a reason for that. The, the reason is if a person is awake, they're conscious, they can, all their faculties are there. Um, you know, we might have some, you know, differences, you know, depending on age and things like that. But 
you know, you can smell the smoke, you can see the smoke, you can maybe hear the fire, and you can react to it. When you're asleep, a lot of your senses go to sleep, including your sense of smell. So that's why the smoke alarm is so critical outside of sleeping areas, because the audible alarm, you know, will, will give you a sense to wake up and, and react. And they're, and they're most of them, 99, I'm sure, are very loud. And I've I've, I've had one activate via via the smoke on on our burner. I mean, it's really loud. And uh, they're loud for a reason. And that's right. But but tell, tell the listeners, I I oh, if you had the opportunity, you had the means. Is it, isn't it good to have one in the kitchen as well? We actually don't recommend putting them inside the kitchen. Okay, good one. And that's, a common, that's a common misconception. What, why? So we do not want somebody to constantly be um, going into a false sense of security that when the alarm goes off, to not react as, as a true emergency. So I'll give you an example. And Gary, I'm sure you're a good cook. I'm sure everything, you know, you never no. smoke up your kitchen. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. And I work for the fire department. <laughs> So um, I don't have one inside my kitchen because I know from time to time you're going to get a little bit of smoke. That's not a life-threatening uh, you know, situation. You know, it, it's just a product of cooking sometimes. And those smoke alarms are very sensitive. So manufacturer you know, recommendations actually say to put them away from heat sources to a certain extent to where you don't get those false alarms and okay. then get used to silencing it. And, and not reacting to Interesting. it. I'm glad you brought that up. That is, that is critical. I do not have one in my in, in the kitchen. But I do have one thing, which I, I don't think anybody's ever mentioned on the show. Many years ago, one of your fire chief recommended, and I think he even gave it to me, some a canister that goes under the hood of my uh, burners. It's, you know, it's got four burners, and there's two little canisters there, in case it gets extended fire from the pot or whatever, it drops some kind of chemical and breaks it and drops the chemical on the burner. Yes, they do make some products out there that they're, they're magnets, basically. If, yeah. we're, if we're, I'm thinking of what, you're, what yeah. you're talking about, uh, that actually mount to the bottom side of your vent hood above your stove. Right. And they are cans that are sealed under pressure with basically what it is is an automatic fire extinguisher. So when the heat impinges enough on that can, it explodes and drops that agent down onto the fire to suppress it. Um, I've seen them be effective, but you have to install them correctly. That's, that's the key. You know, make sure they're spaced properly and directly over the burner. So if you do purchase one, go out there and get one for your home. You know, make sure you read those manufacturer recommendations to, to actually you know, put it where it needs to be to be effective. Okay. Because not a lot of people bring those up, and I'm sure the fire department don't offer those, but somebody, I think it was some fire chief many years ago, gave me two, and I put two under there. So it doesn't do all four burners, but it does the two front burners as well. But you can put supposed to put four there, but I never thought about getting two more. They've never been used, so we've never probably had enough fire to, to go up on the top. To, to, That's to, a good to, thing. To, yeah. I don't know if it, it has an expiration date or not, but it's, they're still there. I'm just... I just noticed it today for some reason. Typically, they do. So uh, check it. So go home today and check it because I think it's a five-year, uh, most of them are five-year expirations. Okay, I'll go look at it now. Okay, the other aspect, so of smoking in the home. Wow, this is probably a big one. People forget about their smoking and they're, they're leaving their cigarette or leaving their cigar and unattended, right? So, yes, when we talk about top causes, there you go. Smoking's another one. 
Uh, in fact, we had a house fire recently in, in Shreveport uh, that was um, the cause was more than likely uh, smoking materials that were discarded near a couch, so in the, within the cushions that, that caught the couch on fire. So oh. um, a best practice there is to smoke outside. You know, I know the convenience of being inside, especially on a, you know, we're getting into wintertime, it's cold out there, but smoke outside, make sure you have a sturdy, non-combustible ashtray that's deep enough to where, you know, the embers and things from the, the cigarette won't pop out. Uh, make sure that's spaced appropriately, that you don't have a whole bunch of combustibles around the ashtray. And then um, I'll, I'll suggest to people, just wet them down before you dispose of them. Good Take idea. it to the sink and just rinse them off and, and put them in the ashtray. Good, very good idea. But the, one thing about smoking, which many years ago I remember uh, one of my relatives, you know, they would light their cigarette and then throw the match in the trash can. And, and I was telling my uncle, how do you know that that, that uh, match is still lit can go in the trash can? He said, well, if it starts smoking, I know it's lit and it let the trash go. <laughs> well, that's pretty stupid. It could really be something combustible in there to really start a quick fire. I, I remember that was real young. Asking them. All my relatives smoked except for me. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing about that. So cooking, and you said cooking and kitchen fire safety tips. We talked about it, but go ahead and elaborate a little bit. Yes, like I said, unintended cooking is a leading cause of fires here locally as well as nationally. So when, when you know, we talk about fire prevention month and bringing awareness to a top fire cause in this country, that's why they decided on cooking safety starts with you because that's a leading cause throughout the entire country. So, again, the best practice there is to pay attention in the kitchen. Um, but we're, we're in Louisiana. I know your viewers or your listeners are all over the area. Um, but if you're look, if you're cooking, keep on looking. Good, good point. Good point yeah, about so. that. Is there any stats on whether gas stove tops or gas ovens in comparison to electric? Well, I will say this: the biggest difference is open flame. So, uh, you know, there there could be a correlation between increase in fires in the gas uh, ranges as opposed to electric. Uh, you know, just because you have that open flame, so you're more prone to potentially catching your clothes on fire. If you wear, you know, loose-fitting, long-sleeve shirts when you cook, but also just catching something on fire around the stove, you know, magazines, newspapers, whatever you're keeping around the, the That's stove. a real good point because I've been to people's home when they have so much stuff around their burners there, you wonder, God, oh, beneath one of those embers or something happens, you barely touch it, that's all it takes. It doesn't take a second. That's to, correct. To, to, to That's correct. Amazing. And you think about the dish towels, too. Oh, you know, yeah. A lot of people hang the dish towels over the handle for their oven, which is directly under their stove a lot of times, and that could be a cause of fire as well. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who do make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Bear's Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. The Best of Times Radio Hour will be right back on 1017 FM and 710 Keen. And now back to the Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Galigas, and I do thank you for taking time to listen to our show today. 
Joining me on my radio show is a special guest is Mr. Jeffrey Witty. Is that right? Witty? Witty. I got it pretty good. It, who is the fire prevention officer with the Shreveport Fire Department. So, so Jeffrey, you're in charge of all fire prevention aspects education-wise throughout our city? I am one of a few fire prevention officers. Oh, we have more uh, we than have one. We have an entire bureau here in Shreveport. Uh, we, we're a larger city, Yeah. so we have several uh, investigators, inspectors, uh, educators that so fire prevention people also do investigation about the fire, the causes? Oh, yeah. Yes, I sir. Know, I didn't know. I thought there would be a different specific, you know, investigating group. But Well, it, it all goes hand in hand. If you think about the umbrella of fire prevention, um, education is the front line. That's the proactive part, going out, trying to change people's mindsets and behaviors towards safety. The inspection side of it is making sure that the building's that people occupy are safe. They meet fire code. They meet building codes to where they don't catch on fire. Oh, okay. Or, you know, cause injury that way. And then the investigative aspect is trying to determine how the fires are starting so we can potentially prevent future trends and fire setters from starting future fires. Good, good. So hopefully everything's positive and then improving. That's what we want to have. That's the hope. Improving and less fires and less fatalities and and less injury. I mean, you know, burns are terrible. I mean, I used to be involved with some taking care of burn patients at home after they got discharged. It was it was totally sad and but remarkable some of the progress we had to do. Uh, so let's talk about home fire escape plans, especially for seniors and boomers. I mean, to me, that's critical, right? Absolutely. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are. That is the critical aspect of it. So when we think about the word preparedness today, you, you might first think about you know, things that are in the news, uh, active shooter situations, you know, violence, uh, natural disasters, because a lot of that's going on in this world today. But very little people associate the word preparedness with safety inside their own home when it comes to fires. And the good thing about a home fire escape plan is that it's universal. It doesn't matter if you're a kindergartner or if you're 100 years old. The plan can be adapted to what you need it to be. So um, we talk about the basics of it. Have one plan so you don't get confused on what you're going to do. Make sure the plan is that you know how you're going to get out of the house, where you're going to go once you get out of the house, and then how are you going to alert the proper authorities, the fire department, you know, once you're outside in safety. Okay, quick scenario question. So let's say you have a two-story house and you have your both smoke alarms and at 1 o'clock in the morning, the fire alarms go off. What should the person normally do? Well, hopefully they planned ahead and know exactly what to do. But um, if you do want to talk... You, do you exit quickly? I'm just going to ask you a stupid question. Do you exit quickly well, or it, try to put it out? It, it Well, it, it depends on how big the fire is and if you're comfortable using fire extinguishers. So... If you've used a fire extinguisher before, and it's a small, we call them $5 fires. $5? So Why is $5? No, nothing more, no more damage than the $5, you know, fix. Okay. So maybe a, a fire in a small trash can, you know, something that's in very, very early stages, very small, that a fire extinguisher can handle. Anything beyond that, a fire extinguisher is not worth using because it could put you in uh, more, more danger. You know, the fire extinguisher is only going to last for a few seconds, and then it's gone. So it might be best to you know, make that judgment call. If it's more than a $5 fire, use your escape plan. So if you use a fire extinguisher, which I have done one time in my whole entire life at 73 years, I remember 
using the fire extinguisher, and it caused so much smoke after I put the fire out. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to get out after I put it out. Is that true? It's possible. It depends on what's burning. So what, what was your situation? What was burning? I think you? it was a trash It was a trash can. And okay. I, I got the fire extinguisher. I put it out. But, boy, it didn't make a lot of smoke. Absolutely. And, you know, the extinguisher itself makes a mess. It's a yeah. dry powder. So yeah, it gets right. everywhere. So, but, again, you know, a little bit of cleanup from the smoke, a little bit of cleanup from the, the powder. You know, as long as your house is safe, I'll, I'll, I'll make that trade. Okay. What about Christmas trees? And that, uh, um, that's, I've heard of many people, their Christmas tree caught on fire. And that's like a big, a quick, big fire, right? Absolutely. A fire extinguisher, unless you have a very big one, is not going to put it out. I would not recommend using a fire extinguisher on a Christmas tree fire. That's, a, that's kind of a more than a $5 fire. I mean, just the, the sheer size of it. Unless you have just a small little three, four-foot tree, you know, you might be able to. It's a judgment call. Um, and then when you talk about Christmas trees, there's two different sides of it. There's the artificial, and then there's the real. So the real, uh, best practice with the real is to make sure that it stays watered. You want it to be hydrated so the fire risk is, is lessened. Um, you know, a dry tree will catch fire a lot faster than, you know, one that's been watered and hydrated. Um, the artificial trees can still catch fire, too, because there's a lot of synthetics in there. So you're going to get your thick, heavy black smoke, you know, petrol, maybe a petroleum-based product within that, that tree. So there's, there's different dangers to that. Um, but again, when it comes to using an extinguisher, it's a judgment call. But Jeffrey, luckily now, these days, most people, though I grew up having Christmas lights on the tree when I was newly married, the 15, 20-watt bulbs, there were thousands of them on the tree that had a, it generated a ton of heat. Plus, I was always worried you're going to catch on fire somewhere. And, uh, but luckily now we have LEDs that don't give off a lot of heat, and, and the, the probability is much lower. But back in those days, I was always concerned. You know, we didn't leave it on that much anyway. We, I think we had it on a timer, an old timer that was like a crank it. And it that's, a, that's a good practice, and that's true today too. You know, not just in the, in the good old days, it's true today. So, you know, don't ever go to sleep with your light, Christmas lights on. I always recommend, you know, turning them off before you go to bed um, and plug them directly into a wall outlet. Try to lessen the usage of extension cords as much as you can. Yeah, and, and I want to I want you to mention that when when I go to some people's home, they must have uh, not hundreds, many many lights and equipment and stuff plugged into one strip, and that's the potential that catching on fire might not be the you know the tree or the uh, the ornament that's lit, but that that junction box, that power strip, is the one thing that could catch on fire. Yes, so it's more more often than not, it's the it's the power source, it's the heat source, other than the appliance or what you have plugged into it. But mention, even though it may blow a fuse, it still could catch on fire. Absolutely, the, the fire the, the fuse won't stop the fire, right? Absolutely. So we we actually have a term for that. It's called chaining. Okay. When you chain one power strip into another power strip into an extension cord, you know, you're trying to get more length out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a term for that, and it's very dangerous. You know, it's not, those, those power strips are not rated for additional power strips. They should be plugged directly into a wall outlet. Okay, fire safety for those with mobility, vision, and hearing loss. The hearing loss one is, I think, far critical uh, because I know a lot of people, including Ma, who wears hearing aids. But luckily, I can hear the, I can definitely hear the fire extinguisher, which goes off, you know, occasionally in our house when we cook something like bacon, and I forget to put the vent, 
event the the, the, the folk smoke on it, it will click and it'll loudly blast. But there's no fire, but it smells the smoke that's burning, and it I love it. I know it's working. <laughs> and you get rid of the smoke, and it cuts off. So uh, that that kind of scenario. But hearing loss, what should they do? That's that's a great question. I'm sure my listeners out there, a lot of them have hearing loss and vision and and mobility, be able to get out quick enough. So when you when you talk about a physical, you know, uh, deficiencies, uh, the smoke alarm has come a long way since you know the days where it was just a, a bell basically that was going off. You know when it smelled the smoke. Now we have products that actually tie into the bed that you sleep in oh, cool. and shake the bed. So if you if you have hearing loss and you maybe can't hear the audible mm-hmm. sound of the alarm, awesome. it will shake your bed. And wake you up, and hopefully, you know, unless you've lived in an earthquake-prone area, <laughs> you know, you, you wake up from that. Um, wow, that's great! And then for the, uh, they also have smoke alarms that have strobe lights that flash and blink when they go off. So again, if you can't hear it, hopefully you can see it. And 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 probably they have that that particular monitor maybe in the hallway, but they have a little connection maybe in the bedroom where they can see that particular bright light. Or that connection to your bed—that is really—I didn't know that. Definitely yeah. have it in. Obviously, have it inside your bedroom, right over your bed where you sleep. You know, if it's a strobe light. Well, I'm always concerned too about the, about people have the sight. Maybe they're either blind or partially or having partially non-vision. How to get out once a fire is happening? I mean, that's the, maybe they might have heard the, the fire alarm, but hopefully they know their own ways how to get out. You know, via the cane or via other aspect, hopefully there's a person there to help them get out. So, right? Yes, and, and you know, if you have somebody in your home that can help you, that's the ideal situation. But a lot of people don't, unfortunately, you live by yourself. So when it comes to home fire escape plans, part of what you need to prepare for is to have that mobility device right next to your bedside. So if it's a walker, it's a cane, whatever the case may be, have it right next to your bed. And then pre-plan your house. Make sure you have clear paths out of your house at least in two different ways. That way you're not stumbling over objects in, in the Excellent. rush of things. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so home heating, either gas or electric, probably there's not as many problems with electric heating, but I'm sure the gas, gas burning and gas heating, as well as your uh, water heater that may be gas, has a tendency, a possibility of fires, right? It does. Uh, you know, any any sort of appliance has that possibility. So, the, the best recommendation there is to at least once a year have a licensed plumber or HVAC technician come in and service those and inspect them. Because, you know, I, I think you're probably the same way. When I turned on my heater a few weeks ago, when it was cold, um, you, you get that smell, that odor of it. It smells like smoke, so a lot of people panic thinking their house is on fire. Well, it's really just kind of maybe some dust from the summertime burning off of the element, you know, within the heater, and it goes away after a few seconds or right. a few minutes. Mine but, did that too. Yep. <laughs> uh, now, if, if it stays, if it lingers in your house for, you know, an hour or more, you know, you probably need to call, you know, somebody to come out and, and make sure it's not a fire. Okay. The, the important thing I think many listeners need to know is you got to read, if you get a smoke detector, it could be both a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector, Correct. A lot of, I hate to say this, a lot of seniors and boomers think they buy a smoke alarm, it's going to do both. It doesn't automatically do both, right? That's correct. So make sure you research what you're buying before you buy it because anything that has the smoke element attached to it, if it's a combination carbon dioxide or smoke, it has to be up high. 
because the smoke is always going to rise to the highest point, so it's going to catch it early and be most effective. Um, if you buy just a standalone carbon monoxide alarm, which I hope you will if you have any sort of gas utilities going to your house, you can actually buy that plug directly into a wall outlet so you don't have to climb up on a chair, a ladder to fix them up on the wall or the ceiling. You can plug them directly into a wall outlet, and they still have a backup battery in case your power So fails. tell them why, because carbon monoxide is heavier, correct? It actually displaces evenly within the evenly. air. So you can still have lethal levels on the floor the same as you have on your on didn't, your know, didn't know that. So we have one separately, but we, it's on. It's much lower, way lower. Our, the ones are up above, so it's good to put it on. That's what the manual said to put it. You know, plug it in the outlet and put it down below. Absolutely. And, and what still, about people having fireplaces? I more you hear more people forgetting about their flu and carbon monoxide. You know, especially you having logs and so forth, right, in the house. Well, I'm guilty of uh, starting a fire or two in my fireplace with the flue still closed, and, oh, and you wow. quickly realize you need to open it once the smoke starts filling up your house. But uh, that was that was a few years ago. Um, but yes, you know the fireplace is uh, it gets very dirty throughout the year, especially if you if you burn fires on a regular basis, and the creosote and everything that builds up inside the chimney itself, inside the flue, up through your you know your roof, uh, all of that's combustible. So if it heats up enough, and it's a, it adheres to everything, it attaches to everything, it could cause a chimney fire, and it could be a concealed fire where you don't even know it's happening until it's too late and it's starting to burn through your walls. So have somebody come out, sweep it, clean it, inspect it before each fire season. So, uh, so that's a great precaution, but so a lot of people are burning wood, and depending on the type of wood, I think. I don't have a wood fire. I've got a logs, Lincoln, you know, with a lot. The, the gas logs, uh, but I, I know many people are burning. But depending on the, the the wood, the type of wood or how green it is, it, it has more creosote or whatever. More, it's gonna be harder to burn if it's if it's, it's green wood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, here here's a, a, good, a good thought: is you, you don't want to overload the fireplace. So what I like to do personally is I like to take a few logs at a time, you know, two three logs, and push them all the way to the back of the fireplace. Okay. So if it does pop and embers start coming out, is less of a chance for it to come out on a rug and, and burn something, you know. And I have a screen for it, too, that would protect from That's, that. That's I was going to mention. Isn't that a good, good precaution? Have, have a screen. That's right. Or doors that, that close on your, on your fireplace. Because those embers could still pop out. And if your couch or whatnot, or I've seen people have newspapers down below and magazines, that, that they can really catch on fire quite very quickly, very quickly as well. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. The Best of Times Radio Hour will be right back on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. back to the Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM at 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and A-Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. 
Joining me on my show today as a special guest is Mr. Jeffrey Whitty, who is the Fire Prevention Officer with the Shreveport Fire Department. He's educating all of us about fire safety and fire prevention tips, especially during this holiday season. So thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having uh, me. So holiday season is a, a peak time for possibly fires, right? The November, December situation. Absolutely. So, hey, you know, we, we have seasons for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about sports. We have right. seasons for football, basketball, baseball. If we could put a season for a fire, it'd be this time of the year right here. And it's uh, we want to prevent that. We hopefully somebody out there in the in the radio landers listening to this can can prevent a fire at their home, possibly prevent an injury or death of them or their loved one. So that's that's one of my goals to have you today. I hope we can can impact at least one, but if we can impact thousands, makes my makes me feel much better. Right? Absolutely. So importantly, I I can tell you, you probably know this. More and more people, including moi have generators because we've had a lot of power outages over the past few years and people are getting uh, getting those portable uh, uh, gas-powered generators. So tell them the drawbacks of some of those and, and the precautions they should do. Maybe not catching fire, but the carbon monoxide issue. Carbon monoxide poisoning is the number one issue with those generators. And we see it all over the, the area, all over the state of Louisiana as well. Uh, matter of fact, January 1st of this year, a new law went into effect in the state of Louisiana that says that if you have a whole home standby generator installed, you have to have one carbon monoxide installed along with it. And then to take it a step further, they say, well, if you build a house or sell a house after January 1st of this year, you have to have at least one carbon monoxide alarm installed. And they're trying to stay ahead of the curve now of all the carbon monoxide poisonings relating to generators because we have a lot of storms in this area. We have a lot of power outages in this area. So we have a lot of generator usage. So so uh, mention that again, because I, I don't think our listeners caught it. So if they have an outdoor generator or indoor generator or both? Uh, if you have a generator installed. Installed uh, on your property? Into, yeah, a standby generator. If it's hooked into the electrical system in your house, you have to have one. A carbon monoxide alarm installed. Along Even with if it's it. outside the house. Even if it's outside the I house. I did not know that. I know a lot of people do not have one. And, and it, it went to effect January 1st of this year. Okay. So from this point forward. You know, so they're feeling forward. that the exhaust, even though it's outside, may enter into the home? It, it could, depending on wind direction and how well your house is sealed. Oh, so if it's an older home, it, you know, drafty windows, drafty doors. You know, you could still have a little bit of carbon monoxide come back in. So the it doesn't drift off into the atmosphere. It, it can drift on and keep going. I did not it, know it that. It can linger around. That's right. Okay. Wow. That is from. So the precautions, and you know, I'm sure the suppliers of the generators, the portable generators, tell them don't start it in the house and leave it in the house. Right. Don't start it inside because, the house, even even a garage. If it's an attached garage, don't yeah. even do that. Um, you know, our recommendation is to keep it off of a porch, off of a patio, get it out into the yard, and make sure that you position it to where the exhaust is blowing away from the house. You don't want it blowing towards the window or the door where it could come back inside your house. Excellent idea. I mean, and I've seen more people in my neighborhood that had them in the garage, and one gentleman had it almost completely closed. And I, I knocked on his door and said, you know, that's not really safe. He just had turned it on. 
Well, that's and, being a good neighbor right and, there. Uh, I mean, I don't want anything to happen to him, but he, he said, don't you think that little gap in my... I said, you know, probably not, especially when you're not... When the generator's not right up to the crack, it wasn't. It was pretty far away from it because he, I knocked, he opened the door and opened the garage door. No, he wasn't even near it. Yeah, we, we see a lot of that, uh, you know, during storms. Uh, this past summer, we had the June storms that blew through this area, and a lot of generators were being used. Uh, we went out to do damage assessments in this area, and we had to educate a lot of citizens on generator placement and, you know, safe practices. Okay, what about electrical fire safety? A lot of a lot of fires start about electrical. It's one of the top accidental causes. Really? Um, so if you think about it this way, especially in older homes, if you you know have the blessing of paying off your home and you've lived there for forty plus years, uh, it's been a good home to you. But it has older electrical systems uh, installed within the home, and what we're seeing now is we have more technology that we're using. We have more computers, phones, televisions are all smart TVs these days. And these, these systems within the house are not really, uh, there's not enough outlets for one, you know, sure. older homes. So extension cords are being used, power strips are being used at, at a higher level. Uh, so that's something to be cognizant about is to, again, reduce the amount of cords you have running through your house as best as possible. And all these people having transformers connected those to power their charge their ipads their phones when those things start to heat up they can catch on fire correct yes uh, lithium ion batteries the things that are in the cell phones you know, in your pockets you know every, anything that's rechargeable can heat up and uh and and combust so i i'd recommend not charging anything if you're not in the room with it especially if you go to sleep i never charge my cell phone when i go to sleep I always try to charge it before I go to bed, so I know it's 100%. But it, even if it's sitting right there next to me, it doesn't. it's not connected to a, a heat source. Good, good, good advice there, good advice. So candles, I go to many people's houses, mainly young people. They have candles burning everywhere. It's like, it's like a, you're in a church, right? <laughs> it can be very calming. Yeah, it's a it good is atmosphere, calming. isn't it? Is calming. it? Um, so... The safest practice there is to use flameless candles. There's a whole lot of options out there of things you can plug in that smell good and give you the same sense of, of home, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it, there's not an open flame to it. So, but I was always going to ask, does that give off carbon monoxide too? A very little of it, or does it give? Does candles give off carbon monoxide? They burn? Uh, very little. Uh, you'd have to. You know, have it have it like a church, maybe. The, you know, to, have, that, to have that much to get to those levels. Yes, I mean everybody's uh, body is wired differently. You know, we're all different people. Um, some people can stand a higher level of carbon monoxide than, than others, uh, but I, I don't know of any incident where you know candles caused uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. But just like everything, got to be cautious. I mean, I, don't don't put. 15 candles lit in a certain area where anything could happen, especially if you have grandkids that are small that may come and tip them over, and that candle is going to cause a fire, correct? Keep them out of reach of small hands, of pets too. Uh, You know, if you have dogs and cats running around your house, cats love to jump on everything, and they jump up there, and next thing you know, they catch their fur on fire too. So we didn't mention it, but... Using nine calling nine one one gets a hold of the fire department, our police department, or other right. So if you have a fire, quickly call them, even though you're escaping. Hopefully on your cell phone or phone, call them. That's correct, and call from a safe place. 
Don't make the mistake of calling from inside the smoky, burning house. Get outside first and then call. We have a new feature coming up online uh, here in Caddo Parish. Uh, it's a texting 911 service. Oh, that's a quick, uh, you have to talk to somebody. You can, t- you can text 911, tell them what your emergency is, and they will text back to you, and, and you can communicate that way. So, you know, staying inside of a burning house is not the best thing because it's going to get worse and worse, and carbon monoxide may get you, and you should be passing out right there, right? And you can't alert the fire department. So the other thing, the last thing, let's talk about free smoke alarms, right? And courtesy home safety assessments, home safety assessments. So that's a, that's provided by our fabulous report fire department, right? We offer that for free. That's right. Uh, it's a word everybody loves, free. Uh, so, yes, we do offer uh, 10-year smoke alarms. They are not carbon monoxide combination alarms. It's just a smoke alarm. Um, however, uh, it's just as essential to, to any home to have one. Uh, you can contact Fire Prevention in Shreveport at 673-6740, okay. and you can request to be put on the installation list for a smoke alarm. And they will come and install it. I and didn't know we that. will bring a shiny red fire truck out there and install it for you. Wow, that's a great service. Great service out there. Mention that phone again. 673-6740, Shreveport Fire Prevention. So let's say you have a senior and your kids say, I, I want you to evaluate my mother's home for fire safety assessment. They can come out and do that too? We can. We can. So uh, on their invitation, we can come out and walk through their home with them and identify maybe some fire hazards that they didn't know existed within their home. That's, that's a great service. And then provide some written recommendations for you know remediation. I think everybody that has a... A uh, mother or father that may be living a home alone by themselves, that might be a, a really good thing to do. We'd be happy to do it. Well, thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. I, I appreciate all the efforts of all your firemen uh, throughout the many years. I know several of them. And, again, I express my uh, thank you to your chief. And, uh, again, thank you for being on the show. You gave us a lot of great points. I hope that... One of my listeners, many of my listeners will make use of, whether they're here in the Arklatex or in, in Arkansas or, or East Texas, it's all beneficial to them to learn their own these particular tasks. It applies to everyone. That's right. So thank you again. Best of luck to you. Keep safe, and hopefully we'll have less and less fires during this upcoming season. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show. Hope you join us next Saturday for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your free copy of The Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. 